Okay, guys, here we are this morning. It is the Christmas landlord tips. It's winter protection and planning for the future of your portfolio. Good morning, Richard. How are you? Morning. I'm okay. How are you? Uh, good, thanks. Yeah, a big day. It's less than, well, tomorrow, <laughs> so effectively. And we hope you have a chance to take some well-earned time off. No, yeah. no chance there. <laughs> I'll still be doing a live broadcast on the uh, Saturday on the Saturday night. Um uh, on the Sunday night, sorry, on the Christmas Sunday night, yeah. yeah. Aye. As well as the usual, unusual, uh, the usual overspending, overtreating, overindulgence. Uh, the festive yeah. break gives the landlords a chance to review their business and to think about what actually comes next. Uh, this is actually quite important. Uh, I was actually looking at my accounts yesterday, and I was actually forecasting where my profit is going to be if it stays exactly what it is now, and that means for the end of March. Um, and that then gives me a good idea about, um, I kind of think, to my, it's just, it's just. I mean, you're either going to pay tax this year or you're going to pay it next year. You can't yeah. avoid it. Uh, so this isn't an avoidance scheme or anything. This is just a delay scheme. And, and in other words, it's designed uh, to, to mitigate the tax this year and the cash flow going out. And it's like, okay, I need to do some improvements I need to do now. Should I do them now or should I just wait till next tax year? Uh, and often it's usually the case that we just do them now because it minimizes the tax. But next year, you're not going to be doing these improvements, so therefore the tax is going to be a lot higher. So you're going to get caught one way or the other. It's just a, it's just a, a delay thing. Yeah, but it's, it's just about when you actually do it. Yeah, absolutely. It's good to plan um, just for forecasting and making sure where you are right now. I mean, because you could un unexpectedly, for people, uh, for landlords or investors that have got property and it's in their own name, um, and they've maybe got a salary rise or they've moved a job, or they've got more income than they expected, and they're in, outside of their business, uh, their buy-to-let business, they could end up actually being in the high-rate threshold. Mm -hmm. I know a window cleaner has to pay high-rate tax because he has a lot of buy-to-let properties yeah. in his own name. And so basically, he skims <laughs> and goes out and cleans windows, and he's a higher-rate taxpayer because of it. That's not a great position to yeah. be in. So that's why it's important to plan for uh, your tax um, and also for the future of your portfolio. Um, so, okay, so I, just, I, I you remember as well, I've got to say, remember tomorrow, drink responsibly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and limit your intake of mulled wine <laughs> and eggnog. Uh, and, and, uh, and, remember, and as well, remember Jason Vale actually said to us, uh, Juice Master, he said, uh, yeah. does, anybody, does anybody go into a food coma on Christmas Day? And, and and what was frightening, what he said next was... That's always stuck with me. I, I, he said to me, what it is, is you, you, the reason you go into a food coma and you actually fall asleep is because your body actually can't cope with processing everything you've just eaten and drank. Therefore, and it, has awake at the same time. it literally has to shut down um, in, order, in order to do that. And that's why, that's why you basically fall asleep um, yeah. during the day. Because it has yeah, to so your, your body can't stay awake and process the food at the same time because you've, you've ate that much. It has to, I could only do one or the other. It's frightening, um, huh? Yeah. But anyway, Christmas provides all sorts of opportunity, including filling yeah. out your tax return for the deadline. Remember, yeah. the deadline, the tax return's coming. Don't leave it till last minute. Make sure you get everything in now. And I'll guarantee you, and we'll talk about some of these things right now, strengthening your relationship with your tenants is a really good one. Actually yeah. keeping in touch with your tenants, making sure that they're they're proactive and actually reporting anything wrong with the property in order for you to actually do anything um, and, and get 
preventative maintenance. Uh, so you're actually prevention rather than cure. Cure costs a lot more money. I do remember, Richard, that one of my properties actually we spoke about in the Wealth Creation Show last week, the very first one, I remember there was a wee pinhole above the roof which led down to the shower room. Now, it was actually just it was just a, a wee stain on the ceiling itself um, with water. Um, but I phoned a roofer and then I got the roofer to come out and he says, yeah, it's, it's, it's probably just yeah, a couple of slates loose. Um, I'll get round to it, he said. Um, and uh, four months later, he hadn't got around to it. And I had thought, I'll just leave him to get on with it. Now, this was in the early days when I first started, and this is a lesson learned that everybody else should learn. And I didn't keep on top of it. And the next minute, it was £700 worth of damage because the water yeah. had actually come down further and actually gone down the back of the tiles. The tiles had fallen off the wall. The plasterboard had actually rotted away. So I had to cut everything out, and I had to take the whole thing out. I had to take the door off as well, and we had to redo the whole unit in the shower, all because of that one bit. I was a couple of slates, and, and the prevention was far cheaper than the cure itself. Than the cure. I think that, that just demonstrates, no matter how small you think something is, um, in terms of repair or maintenance, um, it can really turn out to be a costly um, mistake to leave it. Yeah. Mate, so we'll say a couple of good mornings, actually. Good morning, yeah. Angela. How are you? Happy Christmas. Morning, Angela. And uh, Linda, yeah, just rub it in out of Lanzarote. Yeah, I've seen Linda on her Facebook chatting off yesterday. Um, <laughs> enjoy your Christmas in Lanzarote, Linda. I'll remember the next time I'm away somewhere to rub it in. <laughs> um, also, um, so that's that's actually quite an important lesson there. Um, make sure you're on top of things. Make sure you keep in touch with yep. your tenants. Make sure you encourage your tenants to report anything. I know it's difficult sometimes because they report things that are just minor and inconsequential. And you think, God, why am I doing this? It's so, <laughs> it's so infuriating because you almost become a social worker at some point in time uh, in terms of how you look after people. Or, or that's how I felt sometimes because I really yep. had to help people as much as possible in their in their tenancy, but also in, in their day-to-day -day life, I suppose. It was just what I did. Um, but also ensure your rental home survives the winter in one, in one piece. And this is what we're talking about today. And check um, checking and improving your vacant properties as well is quite an important thing. Uh, make, sure your water's turned off. make sure your water's turned off or you've got a fail-safe system on your boiler which actually kicks in if it goes down through a certain temperature. Yeah. So most of the boilers nowadays, I don't know, you'll probably be aware of this, Richard, most of the heating, the boilers, the, the um, condenser boilers, uh, they're actually designed to come on um, if the temperature, regardless, if the temperature drops below a certain yeah. uh, degrees, they will come on automatically. Um, and that's just what they're designed to do because they know straight away that if you don't do that, you're going to get frozen pipes yeah. and there's going to be yeah. a problem. Um, also, as well, what's quite important is make sure you've got pay-as-you-go meters then that they're actually topped up to allow that to happen. Mm -hmm. Unless the other fail-safe out of that is you switch all the water off. And if you've got a, if you've got a big water tank because you've got a you've got a, 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 a gravity-fed system. The system, yeah. System, so the relies on a big tank to feed it. Um, so that's the older style systems. Um, you've got a gravity-fed system, and make sure the water tank is actually um, uh, drained down as well. Because even though you switch off the water, there's what there's a good, what forty? No, I wouldn't even say forty. I would say a couple of hundred liters yeah, in there. Liters in there, yeah. Yeah, a couple of hundred. Yeah, they hold quite a lot of water. And, if, right. and God forbid if anything has happened to that, then you'd have a you'd have a big repair on your hands because it would it would cause a big flood, definitely. Yeah. When this says payback for Spain. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
uh, and also planning for the future of your portfolio is quite important as well. Uh, as as luck would have it, all of these are covered in what we're going to talk about right now. So make yourself a cuppa, uh, find a cosy corner uh, where you won't be disturbed, and uh, let's dive in. Um, tax return, tax return is probably the most important thing coming up right now, isn't it? Richard? I think at this point, it is, yeah, um, and it is something that people tend to leave to the last minute, um, and it is quite important to have it done in time. Don't leave yourself running about at the last minute. The thing is, everybody knows the self-assessment deadline for filling your tax returns on 31st of January. I know. It doesn't mean you have to wait until 11pm on that day to actually start <laughs> filling in your tax that returns. That is kind of fine. I know, but there's loads of people out there that do that. And I obviously, I speak to my accountant and that. He says, God, we're inundated. And literally, they have a pile of, you know, files sitting on their desks, you know, this high, away above their yeah. head. Basically, with people and you're next in the pile. And I handed mine in for my companies and also for our personal assessments um, before I went away, actually, to Spain. So that was round about, what, the 12th, December? They've, still, they've, they've just started it now only because I said, how are you getting on? And it says, well, we've got everybody else's in line first. Um, so it tells you straight away that get your tax returns in now. Even though your accountant's off for this week, at least get an email in and say, like, there's some of my stuff to get started. So at least you're next in the line because everybody else is doing that as well because that's how they'll do it. And if you're left to the last minute, you'll either get a fine of £100 or you'll uh, and, and, or, um, you get a fine of £100 or you'll also get interest charged on any tax that you're due. Uh, and it'll flag up again. You know, it's a, it's kind of a, kind of a black mark against you um, if the tax man does things like that because then they might look further. Um, into your tax, and uh, you might not actually want people to see what maybe your tax returns were like the years before. <laughs> I, I don't think a lot of people realise that how the tax man works. Okay, there's hardly anybody to process these claims, so a lot of them, a lot of these tax returns, so a lot of them are automated. And what they're done is it, it's called exception exception reporting. So what happens is when your tax return goes in, it compares what it was this year to what it was last year. Um, and if there's a significant difference in income, it spews out on the system on a, on a, on a report and tells the taxman, you know, the, the assessor, just to have a quick look at it to make sure that it is what it is. Um, and it does things like, as well, like repairs and improvements. So if your repairs and improvements, if you're a landlord, is 30% of your top-line income, and then the next year it becomes 50% of your top-line income, that'll chuck out in our exception report. Right, so okay. you've got to try and keep these things stable and using prepayments and accruals. That's what accountants, that's what accountants do. And it, and it keeps these percentages right. And if you keep these percentages right, you'll never appear in the system anywhere. You'll just actually automate and you'll go straight through the system, no bother. So it's all about using prepayments and accruals and mm -hmm. uh, some creative thinking when it comes to that. But at the end of the day, as I said before, at some point you will pay the tax bill anyway. You'll never get away with it. Yeah, you're never going to avoid that. So that's the most important thing I would say to do is get yourself organised uh, in a you know an orderly and relaxed fashion, um, rather than actually leaving it to the last minute and then running about like Henny Penny and the world's falling in, yeah. um, or or the guy from Home Alone because <laughs> 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 that's my that's my go-to gift. That's my go-to wee gift thing. It's like. Yeah. Um, the meme, it's like I'm running about the stairway <laughs> up the stairs. <laughs> um, I didn't get the last minute. 
So if you're filling your own return, make sure you have the government gateway code. This is actually yeah. a really important thing as well. Government gateway code, if you're filling in your own, it takes up to 10 days. So if you leave it to the last minute to do your tax return, you're going to be 10 days to get your, your government gateway code actually um, for enrolling for the first time so make sure you get that in advance so go in now and get the government gateway code sorted out and then sign in and be sure your login details actually work if you're doing it yourself um break up the tasks into manageable chunks to avoid getting overwhelmed um an hour a day um soon mounts up um without intruding on your actual time in terms of what you're doing so just an hour a day is actually quite good I don't have an hour a day. I tell you what, go to your bed at half an hour later, get up in the morning half an hour earlier, there's another hour a day for you. Yeah. Job done. Sorted. Gather all your receipts. That's probably another one in invoices together. And start uh, filling the filling in process of the paper and the, the copies and email order confirmations and online statements as well. Get them all together if you're not, if you're leaving it all to the last minute. Now, I would, I would recommend actually on a systematic basis, maybe once a month, you actually do that anyway and keep up with a spreadsheet and actually put files. So it's pretty simple. I've got a whole lot of stuff here. And all I, I do is... say, you've got to show us your pile of stuff. Too. Well, I'm not going to show you, but what I do is... Oh, well, actually, let's let's look at that. I've just got it here. It just goes in the system. And then all I've done is I've put December 2022. That's it. And then all the stuff here for December 2022 goes in the pile, and then when it comes to January 2023, I put another bit of paper wet on it, and that's it. And they, all these go in, all these, well, all these go to the accounts. Um, I, I take a copy, I send it to accounts, and then they put it into the, they put it into Sage. So you can easily do that as well, anybody that's, anybody that's doing that uh, for their tax returns, you could easily do that just once a month. Uh, you could even collate it on a spreadsheet for yourself if you don't want to use Sage, although they're making tax digital, so you have to bear in mind that as well, where you have to actually submit these things and they actually get to see all the detail as well. Yeah. That's what's happening when we're making that tax digital. So that's what I was talking about, exception reporting. So if we're making tax digital, they get to see all the detail now because you're actually submitting it. So what's going to happen is if an exception uh, report spews out at the fact that they need to investigate that, they'll be able to drill down on what you've just submitted to them and find out without you actually knowing. Yeah. <laughs> Big Brother's watching you. Yeah. So break up into large, uh, uh, small manageable tasks and, and get it done and get all your paperwork together and everything like that. Check the government's websites to ensure you're, you're claiming all your allowances. That's quite an important one, as there may, may, may be more than you actually realise. Um, yeah. You've got good allowances there. And also, if you're getting pushed into higher rate tax band, potentially get your accountant to work out how much you can put into your pension, uh, and that will actually be a deduction against your higher rate and it will bring you down to a lower rate. So that contribution you put into your pension, you'll be getting the tax, the basic rate added onto it, but you'll also be getting an allowance for the higher rate taken off. So you'll end up going so down you to fall the, lower back into the lower rate, rate tax yeah. bracket. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a really good one as well. Um, if you've got um, dividends as well, um, there's an opportunity. You're still getting dividend it's allowance of £2,000 a year. So you can pay yourself a dividend of 2000 oh, Well, I don't need two, an extra £2,000. Okay, but pay yourself that in the tax year, the £2,000, and then loan it back to your company as a loan. So you've got it, and it's been it's now no longer taxable income because it's gone through the process. Whereas if you don't yeah. do that, then you're losing that £2,000 allowance for that year, and it's gone. Now, 
dividend income is going to go down. I think if they're cutting it to a thousand, then they're cutting it to five hundred, um, and then it'll eventually disappear. But hey, it's another two thousand pound tax free. You know, you're not paying that extra money on it. So we've got a lot more detail around allowances to claim effective expenditure and efficient expenditure, and the easier accounting in our earlier blog and show that we did this year, and yeah. called landlord tax tips um, and yep. so why not take a look at that when you get a chance not now because we're going to cover this and we need audience interaction here and um, so landlord tax tips is on this post you can just click on it and see the podcast the show or you can actually read the article itself um next one richard yeah, yeah i mean sharing seasons greetings i think is uh, quite an important one uh, with your tenants christmas is the perfect time uh, of year to get in touch with your tenants and reconnect um yep. so I don't know, maybe drop them a text. Um, WhatsApp's really good just now for interacting with people. Um, just with some friendly season's greetings. Um, and you could even attach maybe digital cards or uh, something that's going to relate to them, which will avoid maybe this the postal uh, delays that we've got at the moment. Um, digital cards and things are really good. It's quite um, an important one, Richard. The reason I say that is because you don't want your you don't want to train your tenant to thinking that every time you get in touch with them, there's a problem. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's yeah. good just to touch base and just how are you? Is everything okay? Yeah, um, because then because then they make it the 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 fear every single time you try to get in touch with them without on the phone because well, you're chasing them for something. Yeah. Every single time you talk to them, you're always on at them for something or you're chasing them for something. Yeah. Um. So you don't want to do that. You want to make sure you keep a regular contact with your tenant, but also keep in contact with them just for things to help them out, not to castigate them or you know your rent's no paid on time, why yeah. you're one day overdue and stuff like that. Um, and you're saying things like that to them. You probably shouldn't be a landlord, to be honest. Let's say a couple <laughs> yeah. of good mornings first. Um, yeah. Tina says, uh, we don't wait all that time. <laughs> to <laughs> the yeah. yeah. Tina, I kind of thought that you would be all prepared beforehand. Yeah, absolutely. Good morning, Perry. How are you? Good morning, Perry. Um, Jeanette actually says, uh, I, I didn't know this. Very useful information. Absolutely, Jeanette. That's why you should just share it with everybody else um, yeah. and actually give it a like. I think that's probably about the, is that about the um, the payments to your pension? I think that's what that is. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, and we've got some YouTube uh, thumbs up here as well. Um, okay. So what else? So in this share of yes. season greetings, what are the what are the bullet points we should be? Yeah, thinking so like about? I was saying, maybe um, in the message you could ask, "How are you? Is everything okay? Is everything running smoothly?" Is there anything that needs attended to? Even if it's something really small, you can, do you know what I mean? Let, let me know. Like we say, we've just demonstrated how a small thing could become a big problem if not addressed. And that's a, yeah. it's a perfect way to build that relationship and check that everything's okay at the same time. Um, add that you've sent your tenants uh, an email with some winter tips. Um, do you know, we've got a lot of them that we send out to people, winter tips on how to look after things. Um, and keep it safe and secure. Yeah. Keeping things safe and secure. Yeah. Um, and we'll cover more of that about obviously keeping your property safe and secure throughout the winter months and uh, later on in this uh, this yeah. blog this morning. Um, and if you've got a great relationship with your tenant uh, and hope to keep them for the longer term, uh, show your appreciation, maybe give them a bottle of wine or, do you know what I mean, something, a box of chocolates. If you've got that, if you're on that level of uh, relationship with them, then that could go a, lot, uh, a long way to building that relationship even further. Yeah. Uh, small gestures uh, really do go a long way and wishing your tenant the best for Christmas um, across the, the, the season is an easy way to strengthen that relationship uh, just by showing that you care. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. Uh, people uh, don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm -hmm. It's good saying that. Yeah. yeah so, I think it's important we are tenant to show that. Check who's home for the holidays. I think that's an important one as well. Many tenants actually go away. Yeah, for the festive break, they take short family breaks, and you know, with friends, and they have, sometimes have a proper winter holiday. Um, Linda, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people do it now, so it's become more common. Regardless of how how long they're gone, your property might you remember the property must be safe and protected, and maintain the insurance cover all year to have all your peace peace of mind. Um, so uh, from a tenant's point of view, the tenant should actually just say, "Look, I'm going away for the winter period, um, just to give you a heads up, just in case." Um, so you know, because you know anything could happen, and you're trying to get in touch with them, um, and and then you can't get in touch with them because there may be somebody else completely different, or they may be out of contact because they're in a remote location in the Highlands or something like that, and uh, and, and you're above it, all the water's pouring in to downstairs yeah. or, or upstairs or wherever it is, or there's maybe something you need to get into because there's, uh, you know, it could be anything you need to, to, to need contact from. So I think that's the most important point. Is One thing that, um, that a lot of people don't realise, and when we set up new tenancies and we do inform them, that if you're going to be out of the property for certain periods of time, it can actually invalidate the landlord's insurance. If something was to happen during that time with property vacant, yeah. Uh, so you really need to either notify your landlord or your agent if you're not going to be there for a, a certain period of time. So whether or not you know your tenants' plans, email them a helpful checklist, and this could be a good thing to tick off in, in case they actually leave them, including things like uh, locking up doors, uh, windows, side gates, and sheds, setting alarm. Um, see, there's another thing, if the alarm goes off and you think they're there, um, you're actually trying to do it while it's disturbing everybody else, and lo and behold, you could have just popped in and actually just switched it off for them or reset it. Yeah. Um, it could have been an easy one to do. So that's kind of the relationship you want to have with some most of your tenants, uh, to, 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 to be able to do things like that for them. Um, also important, a lot of people actually forget about this, is where to turn off the water. It's the don't do that. And the first thing I the first thing I do when I take every tenant round is I actually show them where the, the stopcock is for the water to turn it off because that's yeah. the most important thing. And where the electricity meter is and where the gas meter is and, 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 how, the boiler works and, yeah. and how the boiler works and the boiler just drops in pressure because it's a sealed system, how you can just top it up easily just by, a, you know, but if it keeps consistently doing it, then get in touch with us because there can't be just normal... You know, just like a car tire, it goes down over time. That's what your boiler's like, a sealed system. Most of the new systems are like that, the combi boilers. They're sealed system boilers, so that's why they have to rely on pressure uh, to keep them going. The, the pressure drops because there's a wee leak, or over time it just drops uh, naturally. Uh, then your boiler stops it st stops working um, automatically. So I think that's where it's important, actually, to make sure. Um, if, you're, if your property is prone to frozen pipes over a lengthy cold spell, and also how to drain the system down. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a straightforward one as well, um, if anybody wants to do that. However, you're better to actually contact your letting agent or your, your landlord to make sure uh, that's that's something you they would normally do. I, I, I don't know if a lot of people actually drain down their systems, but in colder climates, they, they definitely do that. Uh, emptying the mailbox to avoid the post sticking out on... See the amount of times that you get people putting flyers through the door and they yeah. leave them sticking out the mailbox, and it's a sign. It tells people that you're away somewhere. Every single time I used to do canvassing, it was it was the imperative 
that every single flyer we put through our door went right through the door. So there was never given any indication that this person could be away because uh, it was the, it's the, it's the biggest bugbear of mine. Mm -hmm. So emptying the mailbox, um, make sure it's no sticking out for days on days on end. Asking a friend or relative to pop round is quite an important one. Um, once or twice, if your tenant will be if your tenant will be away for more than a few days, um, letting you know that they'll be gone for more than fourteen consecutive days yeah. in case your insurance providers actually require it to be told. I mean, these might actually, Richard. These might actually seem obvious. But they do tell us, but a lot of people they, they don't they don't just come as second nature to think, all oh, right, okay, I'm going to be away, I'll let my agent or landlord know, or do you know what I mean? I'll drain down the system because I'm going to be away for a long period of time. They come second nature to our thought process because that's what we do. Yeah. But yeah. um to to somebody normally it, it maybe doesn't resonate with them straight away. Can easily get overlooked, can't it? Yeah. And the excitement of going away. It's like why did you wait a hot climate? Like the last thing I'm going to think about is is my is my water switched off or is my my stuff drained down? Nobody 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 expects to have a flood or an issue when they're away. They just don't do that. But I tell you what, I've seen it more on social media recently. Yeah, quite a lot where a lot of people are actually posting this water pouring through the ceiling. So it's, it's more and more prevalent right now with the temperature dropping more and more. Um, so it's always to be better safe than sorry, particularly during the winter months. Uh, let's take a couple of questions, actually. This is actually quite a good one. Yeah. This is just on a side hustle, buying a second property for rental income. Is it better to have a buy-to-let? Is it better to have buy-to-let and if so under personal name or limited company or ignore buy-to-let buy -to and buy as a second home? Ooh, that's a difficult one. I'll be honest, it, it, I'll leave that up. It purely depends on your own circumstances. And I don't have enough information to to give you that um, that that professional advice um, from an accountant's point of view. Mm -hmm. But you, you would be better to speak to your accountant to see which scenario works out. So what I would do for you, what I would do, um, what I would advise you to do is do two scenarios, work out how much it costs you to run and how much tax you pay on the scenario where you own it with everything else equal round about you and then work out the other scenario about the costs and the tax involved if you have it in a limited company. And then that'll give you a really good idea about which one to choose, which is more beneficial for you. Also think about as well is, are you, are you going to expand your portfolio? And if you are, generally I would say limited company then. Um, yeah. Because then you're going to higher rate tax ban, but it just it just depends on your own personal circumstances. That's all it comes down to. So it's it's a bit of politician's answer, but I don't know. I don't have that enough information to do that. Personally, that's what I do for myself. Um, I, I do it like that. I actually just work out the two different scenarios um, in terms of, and and it's the same way. Do I pay myself through PAYE, which is um, on your payroll as an employee, mm -hmm. or do I pay myself with dividends? And which one's more tax advantageous for me at that point in time? Or do I pay myself a bit of both in order to make the tax work? Now, I'll be honest. This is not a tax avoidance scheme. This is a this is a tax mitigation for you personally. But you'll still pay the full amount of tax with your limited company. So, so you don't get away with paying the tax. You just, you just, it just means that you pay less tax, but your limited company pays more. Especially if you, if you especially if you do it with dividends, Richard. Yeah. You get dividends and you're taxed at eight and a half percent on dividends, and you go, yee! 
and there's no there's no national insurance to pay either on dividends. So you won't pay yourself on dividends. However, dividends are not tax deductible against your limited company. And your limited company has to make a profit for you to be paid dividends. So the limited company is still going to get taxed in the full amount of the dividends as well. So you're going to pay your marginal rate, which is about 19% uh, or 20% of whatever it is now, but you're also going to pay your 8.5%. But there's benefits to, to one or the other in terms of how you're doing it. So either way, you're going to, you're going to, pay, a, you're going to pay a tax bill. Um, yeah, you're going to get taxed one way or another. But clearly, you know, if you can't pay dividends, dividends is usually a better route to actually do it and then just reinvest it back in and you're, you're less of a tax rate on you personally. And then just invest it back in as a loan and then as the loan sits there, it's tax-free money from now on. And then you can charge interest on your loan, by the way, and then the interest on the loan, you're allowed to earn up to £1,000 a year interest tax-free on interest. You're allowed to earn up to £1,000 interest on the personal savings allowance. Um, so you can actually lend money to your company at a rate, at a decent rate. You can't just make something up and say it's 500%, by the way. Um, to get your thousand pound interest, um, uh, you has to be a, it has to be a, 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 the right rate. You could lend your money to your company doing that, and then you could actually get that interest under the personal savings allowance as tax deductible. Again, yeah. speak to your accountant about that. But these are all that's things that that's something that a lot of people won't be aware of. Um, I think you, we, only just, we only discovered that earlier this year, Jim. Ah, I can yeah. believe you. You're allowed up to a thousand pound interest yeah. tax free. It's like wow, and and that's why Martin Lewis says. What's the point of having an ISA now? Yeah. It's, there's no point. If, if ISAs are paying so little and you kind of get access to them and they're limited in the access because of that, then why would you need to have that? If, why would you need to put it into a normal interest account? It gets probably the same as an ISA and you've got in, instant access to it and you're still getting it tax-free because your personal savings allowance gives you it. Mm -hmm. Also, the other one you said, also, any tax benefit for buying a cheaper property uh, like under 45,000, well, it's 40,000. It's 40, yeah. yeah. And it's under 40,000, you don't pay any additional dwelling supplement, which is the second home tax. I would consider, if it was at the 40,000 mark, it may be 5,500 5, pounds worth is actually fixtures in the property, and the property is actually 39,500. But don't quote me on that. <laughs> um, you need to speak to your lawyer about that. Yeah. Because then the, you, the ADS isn't paid on the fixtures and fittings, it's paid on the property. The Therefore, value. you're bringing it under the 40 grand threshold. So if somebody says they're wanting 42,000 for a flat, they'll maybe consider fixtures and fittings as 2,500 and 39,500 for the flat. Yeah. But then if you're buying it at that level, it's probably a cash buy because you'll never get a mortgage on at that point in time. Yeah, so it's no cash buy. If it's needing a huge refurbishment to it, you do the refurbishment out of that as well. It's maybe about 20 grand refurbishment. It maybe then gets a revaluation of about 80,000 because of that. You've done the refurbishment and then you'll get 75% loan to value on 80,000, which is basically 60 grand. So you bought it for 39,500. You spent 20 grand. You've got the 60 grand mortgage. Therefore, you've got an infinite return. All your money's back out. But that's another story. That's wealth creation show stuff. Yeah, that's, yeah. So hopefully that's giving you advice. Um, okay, so let's look at. Um... Completing a Christmas checkup, um, and I think if you're in between tenants over the festive season, it's the perfect time to visit your property. Uh, check all um, as well with the property, and even give it some uh, attention and love. Uh, it's the perfect time while the property is empty, if it is, uh, and you've got time to do that. Uh, once you've looked outside for maybe slip tiles, blocked gutters, uh, check the drains, um, 
have a look inside and have a, a real look around and see what uh, maybe needs addressed um, yeah. while you've got time yeah. to do that. Um, test that everything works water in the proper area. Water always finds a way. That's the, that's the thing. Water yeah. always finds a way. So yeah. water could be water could be about about a few metres away coming in from the roof, about where it appears inside in your house. So you mm -hmm. have to make sure you trace it back and it could, it could affect anything. Anyway, Richard, keep going. No, no, you're fine. It's like we've, we, we've covered it briefly as we've went through, but uh, testing everything works. Um, the boiler uh, is an important one. Uh, the heating and hot water um, to any appliances that uh, require it, obviously light fittings, locks on doors, windows and things as well. Like you say, water finds a way, so look for leaks, uh, leaks from above, um, mouldy sealants um, or sealants around showers and baths. These are problematic things that we always find come up. Um, and pools of water under sinks and water tanks and radiators and things. Yeah. Look for signs yeah. of water leaks or problems with water getting through. Um, Hoover rage. Yeah, Hoover rage. Hoover rage. <laughs> and everybody's going, what's Hoover rage? What's Hoover rage? Yeah. Hoover rage is when people are hoovering and they, they end up hitting the, the downpipe on the radiator when in the hall. Yeah. And that's what Hoover rage is. And if they hit that now and again by mistake, it gives it, it loosens it off a bit. The water actually runs down the pipe and you don't see it because you've maybe got a big hole in the ground where the pipe's going through, mm -hmm. and then it goes right down the pipe through that hole, and then it starts to rot the joist underneath. Yeah. So watch out for that. If you see any signs of rust around your valves or, or your radiators, please report it to your landlord or your letting agent, because it could have severe uh, ramifications later on for yeah. the joist or the flooring underneath. Um, so watch out for hoover rage. That's quite an important one. It's, it's a common one, isn't it? It is. As I've seen it quite a lot over the years, um, but I refer to it as Hoover Rage, obviously, because that's what um, you showed me one day, Jim, and it's amazing how many times I see it, but um, it can cause a lot of damage. If it's like... <laughs> 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 yeah, get, Hoover Rage. People get in a rage with a Hoover and it's like... Dish, dish, dish. <laughs> yeah, but it's one of those things like over um, over a long period of time can be um it can be really damaging uh, like you say to the joists and, and the flooring and things so yeah um picking up a bargain um obviously january sales and things to replace maybe outdated appliances or anything within the property tenants love um shiny new label to peel off um things when they're moving into a property so if you've got a property that's empty and think that things maybe need upgrading pick one up and maybe the sales to to bring that up to um bring them up to scratch um within the property if there's something that needs replaced um, also, um because obviously furnishers you, you you don't get the you used to get a really generous allowance of 10 percent of your top line rent every single year from the tax plan yeah. and then they did away with that and then everybody went oh, i'm not doing furnished properties anymore yeah <laughs> you know it was because you did furnished properties you did that and, and you were able to keep the furniture for quite a lot of years so you're actually getting mm -hmm. a really generous uh, tax allowance on that your top line rent and uh, and then they change that to just like you're only allowed the deduction now if you actually replace the item and you get it straight off your bottom line so you don't get as it's not advantageous to what it was before to how we were able to use it predominantly so um so a lot of people actually don't do furnished lets anymore it's usually serviced accommodation that does that isn't it yeah yeah but i mean it's a good time to, to capitalize on the on the, the time and use it uh to upgrade things and Hobbs, also Hobbs and ovens isn't it 
pubs yeah. and ovens. Check with check with your local kitchen suppliers or your your um, local um, white goods suppliers. Mm -hmm. See if they've got any winter deals on right now. Because if you know you're going to be changing stuff uh, soon, just before the end of the tax year, then you've got instant deductions at lower rates. Yeah. You know you've got um, lower prices because you've now locked that in now by buying them up front and and using them um, just before the end of the year. Yeah, definitely. Um, and also using this time to maybe brighten up some dowdy decoration do you know what i mean if, if something needs freshened up use the time when the property is vacant to do that um nothing beats freshly painted walls um for um a feel of exciting excitement and things when tenants yeah. move into a property uh, to start with um so it's a good time to obviously update decoration and things at that time now also to fit easy um draft excluders and things um on windows or doors letter boxes and, and things where where there is drafts and things use this time to go around check if there's drafts coming through fit draft excluders um fill any holes or, or or things that are maybe going to let through drafts or leaks um if there's cracks around windows window frames um skirtings or even between floorboards and things as well right. um, just all these wee things that you never get time to actually look at uh, use the time when the property is vacant to have a good look around and, and address all these issues. And then we get another condensation because there's not enough ventilation. <laughs> yeah, because you've you've made the property you've made the property airtight and there, there's no air getting in or out. <laughs> yeah, be careful of that. I've got damp in my property now. It's like, well, you've not got damp. It's because you've no you've no drafts and you're not opening the window. And literally every time you have a bath or a shower and you go to your bed at night, moisture's released into the air and it's got to go somewhere. It doesn't, just, yeah, that, it, doesn't, it doesn't disappear. <laughs> that is important to make sure that although you're trying to prevent drafts and leaks and things, do not make the property completely airtight because there still needs to be a flow uh, to prevent uh, builds up of condensation and things as well, which could. It's a real common one right now, isn't it? Yeah, and, and it's quite a common one right now. And, and you know, obviously, uh, it's it's uh, uh, you know a feel for the for what happened in the in the media. You know that that family with the housing association. You know, with the mold build up, yeah, and they end up they ended up dying as a result. Mm. And it's like, oh my god, I can't believe that. But they just fobbed them off and fobbed them off and fobbed them off. Yeah. So, you know, it's important as well as we it go is. back to saying that you do report it to your uh, letting agent or your landlord. Um, but you you do it in a nice way. You didn't come on all guns blazing and think I've seen this on the media. I'm going to die tomorrow. It's like you know you need to do something about it now. Generally, most of the times, 99 times out of 100, it's just going to be condensation buildup. And the way to tell it's condensation, if it's just black spots, um, black spots on your uh, ceiling, black spots on your behind your wardrobes, behind your chest of drawers, things like that. Um, that's just normal condensation. That's not actually that's not actually rising damp. Rising damp's a totally different thing. Yeah. What they were talking about in the media was actually mold spores. Um, which was actually causing a problem. And that's that's an issue. But generally, also, tenants have a duty of care to look after their property. Don't just leave it there to rot and think the landlord will do it when they come yeah. round. It's like, all right, so you're just happy to get let it get worse. And, and that's called negligence. You could actually end up being billed for that, for that damage caused by your negligence as a tenant. So it is a, a stern warning to tenants. It's like you could end up with ramifications for the negligence because you're not prepared to actually clean up what your mess is in the first place. After all, you're looking after the house. It's a classic example as well. Is, and I'm going to go off on a wee tangent here. The classic is, my toilet's blocked. Come and unblock it. Uh, 
But the toilet block, the toilet wasn't blocked when you got it. No. So who do you think blocked it then? Well, it'll be you. <laughs> so, so it's your liability. If you, excuse me, if you're doing a big number two and filling, and filling the toilet with tons of toilet paper, who do you think blocked it then? I'm not coming to pay for your bill to unblock a toilet. It's your, it's your issue. <laughs> so it's that kind of, it's that kind of classic scenario, um, where the toilet's usually blocked, and uh, and and you end up getting, you end up getting blamed for it, and it's like you've yeah. got to pay for it. It's it's another one the other day. Um, we got something from a, another person sent to us, and what they said to us was, uh, there's there's leakage under the sink. Yeah, we'll check the leakage. Yeah. But I said, you'll probably find that the leakage is coming from the pipe. It's actually connecting the washing machine to the actual sink. So that's not going to be our liability. That's the, the tenant. Machine washing machine. Tenant, that's yeah. them that connected that. So if I send a contractor out to sort that, and I'll happily do it, if that's what it is, I'll go build the tenant for it. Because yeah. that's not us that's done that. Yeah, I think, I mean, the, the tenants that um, report these types of things, like you say, sometimes just like, we'll come and fix it. But they need to remember that if it's their appliance or, or if it's their their issue that's caused the problem, yeah. then they have to take some responsibility for the fact that obviously it's it's their I don't want to open all it. my windows in winter because it's cold. Okay. What do you think we do with our houses? Mm -hmm. We do the same thing. We open our windows as well. It's I don't want to let all the heat out because it'll cost me a fortune. It's like, I right, well, that's the case, then you'll have to suffer with the condensation. It's going to, you're, you're, it's either you're wanting ready or you're no. Um, also, the things is just a normal normal thing to actually wipe down your windows in the morning in your bedroom. I think as well, with uh, with opening windows to um, let air flow and things, it's not that you have to open the windows and leave them open all day. Do you know what I mean? If, like you say, in the mornings, if it's if it's required to wipe the windows and the windowsills and whatever, open the windows, leave them for 20 minutes open, let the air circulate, and then and then close them again. There's so there is there is a few people out there that actually just lets the condensation go right onto the cells. And you've got wood cells; they start to go black because they've got mold because they've been it's been left there. It, you know you can't you can't expect that not to do that. And then there's a claim there saying it's like oh I've got I've got rising damp. It's like no really it's because uh, you've just left it. You've mm -hmm. not actually cleared it up yourself. Another classic of this time of year: they dry all their clothes on the radiators. Yeah. And then they wonder why they've got condensation. Hello? Where do you think the water's going? Straight to the walls, the coldest place in the room. Behind the cupboards, the coldest place in the room. And it doesn't dissipate from there because there's no airflow at the back of the cupboards. A really common one that we see um, when there's problems with condensation is we'll go in to the room or our room that's um, suffering from condensation and the amount of things that are piled up right against the walls and piled up high uh, all the way around the room. And it's like, you need to bring all this. Oh, you open the cupboard oh, and it's that full. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, it's going to fall on me. It's like, and then it's like, look at the damage it's caused. But you've no ventilation in the cupboard. You don't mean to have the cupboard stacked full. It's like, and if you noticed it in the first place, why on earth did you know report it sooner? And why did you know actually take your stuff out of the cupboard to protect it from being damaged? Yeah. You know, it's it's common sense, but you know what it is. It's common sense, isn't that common? Is it? It's not. No. I feel like I'm on the Joe Rogan podcast. 
Because <laughs> he's always a bit controversial. Eh? There is a lot of uh, there is a lot of common sense uh, tied into um, a tenant's and 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 a landlord's uh, responsibilities for looking after a property. Um, sometimes it's such an easy fix if you just think about things logically. Yeah. Um, if you do want to maybe go deeper into things about making your rental property um, irresistible to tenants, or then take a look at our previous blog which is styling a rental home without using furniture. Like we just Ooh, said. that's a good one. Um, so, yeah, it's, one, it's in the, the link's in the blog, so you can look at that once we are done today or at a later date. Yep. Um, and that's got a lot of expert tips in it. Um, that one is quite good. So please click back and have a look at that uh, at a later date. If you, the thing for uh, me as well is when you say, uh, the next one for me is, like, is the rental home a magnet for the best tenants in the area? Yeah. Uh, or could it perform better with some well-chosen improvements? Perhaps you'd like to even expand your buy-to-let business. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is quite important. This is probably one of the key ones about how you attract, how to attract the right tenants, isn't it? Yeah. This is whether whether you're acquiring a new property or upgrading an existing one. The key to success is optimizing the, your rental income and raising the sales value with a wildly popular home. Uh, so look at here's the following opportunities to look out for to reap the full potential for your investments. Now, I did this in the early days, and I. Have talking about I've talked about it in this this wealth creation show just passed and we will talk about it in the wealth creation show on on Monday at Monday, twelve yeah. on Boxing Day. Um, but the 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 one I talk about is is I bought properties in a street which was one of the most undesirable streets in the area. Mm. Um, but I lived in that street for a wee while to see what it was like, and I thought, oh, it's not as bad as everybody says it. Everybody just keeps themselves their cell, and it's just one of these things. But the most important thing about that was what I recognised is the interiors of the property were pretty dire. And I don't mean pretty dire as in maybe the bathrooms were dead or maybe the kitchens were dead. I just think that they were just dirty. And people couldn't see themselves living in them when they walked in the door. And the existing investors and landlords and homeowners that actually had them didn't realise because, you know, pigs... Pigs don't but know just used to it. Yeah. Here's the expression: pigs don't know that pigs stink. Yeah. Did you know that? And and that's quite an important one, isn't it? Um, and I don't. Uh, by the way, <laughs> don't get in your high because this could be a wee soundbite narrowed down. <laughs> if I've got a political career, this is what he said about tenants. I'm not talking about tenants. I'm talking about no. people in general. Just you were talking, yeah. Hold myself on. included. And myself included, definitely. Let's take that on the chin. You know, pigs don't know pigs stink. And, and I'll, I'll be honest about that. And it's a well-known saying uh, from one of the most successful people in the world in terms of real estate. But but it's actually quite important, I would say. Um, and I was able to then just say, okay, what I need to do with these properties is I need to put new carpets in, I need to decorate them, I need to scrub and clean them. And so I didn't need to change the kitchen. All I needed to do was scrub the whole thing and then scrub the bathrooms and make them actually look like... So when you walked in the door, all you could smell was flash. Yeah. That's all a lot to be said for... Yeah, there's a lot to be said for walking into something that you could not only see, but smell as, smell as clean or freshly, yeah. All you smelled was flash, Richard. And, and that's that pine smell, you know, the flash pine smell. Yeah. And immediately, because of all the advertising that goes on in television, people are programmed straight away to think, yeah. wow, this is fresh. I could move in here straight away. And that's what happened. That's why my occupancy rate went through the roof. And as I said, it was like 99.9% occupancy for every single one of my properties. I even got 120% occupancy of a property one, one year. 
120%? How is that possible to have 120% income out of property? But I did. Um, and, and it was genuinely because I had just made sure it was they were all clean, they were all tidy, they were all well-maintained. They weren't the most modern, but that's what people loved about them. And that's why they wanted to stay all the time, because we took care of them every single time. I lived in the same street for a while, and literally people used to just pop across the road and say, Jim. Or they used to phone me and I'd say, I'll just be across the now. And it was, it was kind of like Rigs, Rigsby and Rising Damp. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'll just pop round the now. <laughs> it's like with my toolkit uh, off to just to sort of problem. Uh, and, and that's kind of how I looked at it. That's, uh, and I think that still, I think that still applies today. It's having that attitude and that mantra yeah. that um, service is more important. After all, we are not in the business of renting a home. We're in the service business. We're in a people business. Um, the home is just, just a product that we provide, but the service is what goes with it, which actually allows people to have the comfort that they will stay longer. And the longer they stay, the more the more, the more more profit is generated for the investor because there's no longer the huge costs with actually having to keep filling property and obviously voids as well. So we're not actually trying to make more money out of people just to get all the you know, the, the witches and brooms and all the, you know, the pitchforks. Get the pitchforks out. Hang them. Hang the investor. <laughs> Hang the private landlord. Where's the nearest, where's the nearest tree? Um, <laughs> we're not like that at all. It's what we're doing is we're actually maximising the efficiency of the rent coming in to minimise the costs. Um, and that's how you do it, by looking after people and being proactive uh, rather than reactive and actually keeping your occupancy rate high and keeping your repair bills down. That's how you yeah. make your money as a landlord. You don't make your money by always increasing the rent. That's the most important thing I should tell anybody. And again, we'll talk about that on the Wealth Creation Show at 12 o'clock on Monday. Did I mention yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 12 instead of 12 30 on Monday, remember. Yeah, 12 o'clock. It'll be a high, it'll be a good one, because on Boxing Day, people will be free to yeah. talk. And, and interact. Um, so you can ask me anything on Boxing Day. Um, so while you're acquiring a, a new one, uh, this is opportunities to increase your rental potential. Um, I, I think the first one for me, Richard, and you could probably talk about the next one, um, is install powerful energy saving measures. Now, the Energy Saving Trust Scotland potentially has grants available uh, because their their grants have needed to be run down for the year and they'll get an allocation from April onwards. So watch out for that. So Energy Saving Trust Scotland has grants. Now, it's for people on low incomes that are probably renting properties. So if you've got people on benefits, renting properties, they might have, might have access to getting a new boiler for you or for them. Mm -hmm. um, insulating walls, insulating floors and uh, lofts. Uh, replacing old drafty windows uh, with modern double glazing. That is a big thing as well. You know, it's a, it, there is properties still out there with single glazing. Uh, modern double glazing is fully tax deductible now against your your income and your, um, and your profit and loss account. And the reason for that is because the taxman does not expect you to replace a single glazed window with a single glazed window. They would automatically assume that you're going to replace it with double glaze because that's the new standard. So they don't. They used to have it as a capital improvement before, so you weren't allowed to deduct it from your your profits. You had to actually capitalise it, and it was only ever available on the sale of the property. For most landlords, that would never happen, and that's why that year the the 
you know, taxman turned up at my door and ended up paying me a thousand pound bag. <laughs> Got to, I still laugh about that now. He said to me, what has he said to me? He says, do you know, for a, for a private landlord, we don't really see people like this ever. How well, how well you've kept your records. He says, he says, I can't believe you were able to put your hands on everything. Exactly when I sat down with you and says, where is that? And what is that? And I just used to produce all the statements. And <laughs> and he says, I've never met a private landlord like this before, an investor. It's like to have everything at hand and everything in their place. He says, it's remarkable. And I thought, I didn't have the heart to say I'm actually an accountant. <laughs> I was just going to say. I didn't want to tell him at the beginning because he'd be on his, he'd be on his heckle straight away. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, good, this guy's an accountant. I'll have to make sure I cross all the, the T's and dot all the I's. So I didn't, say, I didn't say anything at all to him. And I just let him, and I sat down with him, and I brought all my files, and I go, that's that, that's this, that's that, and that's this. Because he was looking at all the repairs broken down, and that's when he said to me, and that's when we came up with a conclusion about I had capitalised all the, the double glazing repairs. And what had happened was he went and checked the law, and it had just changed that year about what I just said just now. Yeah. Um, so therefore, I was able to deduct it against all my income. So they had to pay me a thousand pound back. So thanks very much, taxman, for visiting me. <laughs> Needless to say, they've never come back. <laughs> Touch wood. <laughs> Hopefully, they don't. Um, so, what's the next one then, Richard? Um, yeah, I think uh, attracting uh, higher earning tenants. Now, we've seen a lot more of that recently. Um, over the past year or so, a lot more higher earning tenants um, and I think it's down to the fact that a lot of people are actually choosing to rent as well uh, as, as a choice as well now rather yeah. than something that they need to do um, and a good way to attract them or make them feel comfortable in a, in a property is to obviously be replacing maybe outdated kitchens and bathrooms and making upgrades uh, to areas that um, Maybe it's the carpets and changing them out for nice stylish timber floors, or do you know what I mean? Yeah, Doing yeah. that wee bit extra that has the property at, a, at another level, um, where they feel like it's it's worthy of them living in it because they obviously have a higher expectation. They're a higher earner. They're they're probably pay, paying a little bit more rent, and in order to justify that, you need to have these maybe uh, higher quality fixtures and fittings throughout the property. I think that's really important. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, remodeling the interior is actually quite important as well. Converting a loft possibly or adding an extension to an update, the design, uh, clearly that's in places where it... Remember, if you're adding things like that, you've got to make sure the actual additional cost um, is worth it in comparison to the return that you can make and also the capital value of the property. Yeah, um, It might not often work out like that. I mean, I used to buy one-bedroom flats for the very purpose that I had to make sure Every single one-bedroom flat I bought, I always made sure that there was capacity to extend into the attic yeah. uh, and create more space if I really needed to if the time came. But I've never had that time over the last 30 years to actually think I should extend the property. I've just left it as it is because it it, 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 it it did its purpose. And actually, and the numbers didn't work out, Richard. It never worked out that the fact that it would, it would be more beneficial to actually um, do that. The the only one, one or two occasions is when you had a big, massive room and you were able to subdivide it. And actually put a bedroom off the back then. Um, and that stud partition going up actually for what best part of what would cost a thousand pounds now, stud partition up, um, yeah. is getting you another return of a one bedroom to a two bedroom, which is a huge return. Yeah. For getting that extra rent for an extra thousand pounds. So yeah, it's a, I had a landlord I had a landlord do that recently in Glenothis um with a two bedroom house and it had a really big main bedroom. Um, and he changed it into a three-bedroom and three good-sized rooms. 
yeah. um, and increased his, his, his rental value. Um, and it was a quite a, a job quite well done, uh, but it didn't really cost that, that great a great cost to, to convert it. Uh, but yeah. in the long yeah. run, he will get a better return. Yeah, this is quite an interesting one that Jeanette said there. Uh, another quote on the screen. Uh, she says, look, the week before Christmas is always busy mm -hmm. and our lovely tenants report faults, which is great, but they want everything fixed the next day. Please bear in mind that even reliable tradesmen, uh, they can't always get out because of the time of year. They have to have time off as well. Yeah. You know, the, you know so, so you know, it's the whole thing about if it's a real emergency, that's when you report it. Yeah. Um, or just report it anyway and let them decide. But don't get, don't take a hissy fit if, and throw the toys out the pram if they can't get out there and then to something that isn't really an emergency repair because even the tradesmen have to get some sort of time off at Christmas. So that's probably one of the most important things. So thanks very much for pointing that out, uh, Jeanette. Yeah. Um, so let's just finish off there. So, yeah. when you, so the key here is when you're carrying out major work, balance and expenditure with cash flow is essential. So make a plan what you want to do uh, then set aside some of the rent each month to build up a fund um you can even complete the work in phases to avoid um raiding your savings uh, that's a really good one as well i mean you know that's what you know yourself i just build up funds all the time yeah and that actually pays for that so i'm able to just go okay then do that i don't spend any all the money that we make every single month i think that's a crazy idea but there's some people out there that say it's from a pension. It's like I need it every single month, and it's like you shouldn't be a landlord. Team. No, that's not. That's not. That's not what. That's not what being a landlord is about. It's actually investing for the future. It's not yeah. short-term gain. Yeah, um, um, it can make... be a small amount. You know, a small amount. Like you know, I take out um, the amount you take out normally for a lighting agent to, yeah. to manage. Um, so that's what. That's where that comes from. So to make improvements now, check if you can release enough equity as well. From your rental home so if you want to make improvements and it does add to the value you might be able to mortgage it to get the money to pay for the improvements therefore add the value uh, and that might actually be more beneficial that way to make a better return alternatively the cheapest option if you're disciplined enough to find you could do it in credit cards as well zero interest and then spread the payments over a couple of years and zero interest so that's that's just tips and helpful information that anybody would want to know out there so hopefully that's given you a lot of insight and information there as well you want to finish off richard you know yeah i think obviously the the main thing for from me from this today is basically as your rental property is ready for christmas and beyond take this time to to make sure it is uh, if you're a landlord or investor um i'd love to help you optimize any of your lettings portfolio um, and help me make it more profitable for 2023. So feel free to drop me a message, uh, contact me direct. My contact details are in the blog. Uh, so feel free to do that anytime. I don't think, just fin finishing off, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow my own trumpet here. I don't think people realise how much knowledge, experience and information we actually have yeah. um, and how, how much... Uh, uh, how much wisdom we have as well with with what we've been doing. I mean, I don't know anybody else that's been doing it longer than what I've been doing this. In yeah, terms spend of, a lot of time building and up that still, knowledge. So. And still proactively building a portfolio and buying property and actually still in touch with what's going on right now. Um, yeah. And it's that knowledge and experience that will actually be beneficial to someone uh, as a first-time landlord starting out for the first time and using us as a land agent. So hopefully that's given everybody an insight. And, uh, yeah. you know, there's other questions there. I'll ask them. I'll answer them after uh, the show's finished. But uh, that's us for today. And uh, yeah. 
I'll see you tomorrow for the Christmas night <laughs> update at seven o'clock for the five property market. I will be bored to tears halfway during Christmas Day, by the way. Um, so I'll meet, uh, I'll meet Monday at twelve o'clock yeah. for the Wealth Patient Show. Wealth Patient Show. Okay. Yeah. Bye bye for now. Okay, Jim. Thanks. Bye.